Section 37 of the Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shreya Sethi. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 11, Section 37. Selected Poems by Charles Dipton Charles Dipton, 1745-1814 The saying, Let me make the songs of a nation and I care not who makes its laws, receives an interesting illustration in the sea songs of Charles Dipton. They were written at a momentous period in English history. The splendid gallantry and skill of England's sailors and the genius of her naval commanders had made her mistress of the seas and the key of all combinations against the French Caesar. The sterling qualities of the British seamen are the inspiration of Dibden's songs. Many of these were first given at Dibden's monodramatic entertainments at the Sans Souci Theatre in London or as parts of his musical dramas they appealed at once to englishmen and were sung by every ship's crew they fired the national spirit and played so important a part in the quickening of english patriotism that the government recognizing their stirring force in animating the naval enthusiasm during the napoleonic wars granted a pension of two hundred pounds a year to the ocean bard of england charles dipton was born in 1745 in a small village near the great seaport of Southampton. His love of the salt air drew him often to the ocean's shores, where he saw the ships of all lands pass and repass, and heard the merry sailors' songs. And yet his own songs, upon which his title to a place in literature rests, were incidental products of his active mind. He was an actor, a dramatist and a composer as well. He wrote some thirty minor plays and the once popular operettas of the Shepherd's Artifice, the Padlock, the Quaker and the Waterman. He wrote also a history of the stage, musical tour through England and an autobiography which bore the title Professional Life. His two novels are now forgotten. But it is interesting to recall that for the Stratford Jubilee, in honour of Shakespeare, the words of which were by Garrick, Dibden composed the much-admired songs, dances and serenades. He wrote more than 1300 songs, most of which had of course only a brief existence. But there were enough of them burning with genuine lyric fire to entitle him to grateful remembrance among England's poets. In all of these songs, whether the theme be his native land or the wind-swept seas that close it round, love is the poet's real inspiration. Love of old England and her sovereign. Love of the wealth-bringing ocean. Love of the good ship that sails its waves. This fundamental affection for the things of which he sings has endeared the songs of Dibden to the heart of the British sailor and in this lies the proof of their genuineness. His songs are simple and melodious. There is a manly ring 
in their word and rhythm. They have the swagger and the fearlessness of the typical tar. They have, too, the beat of his true heart, his kindly vagary, his sturdy fidelity to his country and his king. There is nothing quite like them in any other literature. Sea Song I sailed in the good ship the kitty with a smart blowing gale and rough sea. Left my Polly, the lads call so pretty, safe at her anchor, yo ye. She blubbered salt tears when we parted, and cried, Now be constant to me. I told her not to be downhearted, so up went the anchor, yo ye. And from that time, no worse nor no better, I've thought on just nothing but she, nor could grog nor flip make me forget her. She's my best power anchor, yo ye. When the wind whistled larboard and starboard, and the storm came on weather and lee, the hope I with she should be harboured was my cable and anchor, yo ye. And yet, my boys, would you believe me? I returned with no rhino from the sea. Mistress Polly would never receive me, so again I heaved anchor, yo ye. Song, the heart of a tar. Yet though I've no fortune to offer, I've something to put on a par. Come then and accept my proffer. Tis the kind, honest heart of a tar. Never let such a trifle as this is, girls, be to my pleasure a bar. You'll be rich, though tis only in kisses, with the kind, honest heart of a tar. Besides, I'm none of your ninnies. The next time I come from afar, I'll give you a lap full of guineas with the kind, honest heart of a tar. You're lords with such fine baby faces that strut in a garter and star. Have they under their tambour and laces the kind, honest heart of a tar? Poor Jack. Go patter to lubbers and swabs to you see bout danger and fear and the like a tight water boat and good sea room give me and it ain't to a little i'll strike though the tempest top gallant mast smack smooth should smite and shiver each splinter of wood clear the deck stow the yards and house everything tight and under reforcer wheel scud avast nor don't think me a milksop so soft be to taken for trifles aback, for they say there's a providence sits up aloft to keep watch for the life of poor Jack. I heard our good chaplain, Palaver, one day, about souls, heaven, mercy, and such, and my timbers, what lingo he'd coil and belay. Why, twas just all as one as high Dutch. For he said, how a sparrow can't founder, d'ye see? without orders that come down below, and a many fine things that proved clearly to me oft that providence takes us in tow. For he says, do you mind me, let storms never so oft take the top sails of sailors aback. There's a sweet little cherub that sits up aloft to keep watch for the life of poor Jack. I said to our Paul, for do you see, she would cry, when last we weighed anchor for sea. What argufies snivelling and piping your eye, 
Why, what a young fool you must be! Can't you see the world's wide, and there's room for us all, both for seamen and lubbers ashore? And so, if to old Davy I go, my dear Paul, why, you never will hear of me more. What then? All's a hazard come, don't be so soft. Perhaps I may, laughing, come back. For do you see, there's a cherub sits smiling aloft to keep watch for the life of poor Jack. Do you mind? A sailor should be every inch, all as one as a piece of the ship, and with her brave the world without offering to flinch from the moment the anchor's a trip. As for me, in all weathers, all times, sides and ends, naught's a trouble from duty that springs. For my heart is my Paul's, and my rhino's my friend's, and as for my life, tis the king's. Even when my time comes, never believe me so soft as for grief to be taken aback. For the same little cherub that sits up aloft will look out a good berth for poor Jack. Tom Bowling Here a sheer hulk lies poor Tom Bowling, the darling of our crew. No more he'll hear the tempest howling, for death has broached him too. His form was of the manliest beauty. His heart was kind and soft. Faithful below, he did his duty, but now he's gone aloft. Tom never from his word departed. His virtues were so rare. His friends were many and true-hearted. His Paul was kind and fair. And then he'd sing so blithe and jolly. Ah, many's the time and oft. But mirth has turned to melancholy, for Tom is gone aloft. Yet shall poor Tom find pleasant weather, when he who all commands shall give, to call life's crew together, the word to pipe all hand. Thus death, who kings and tars dispatches, in vain Tom's life has doffed. For though his body's under hatches, his soul is gone aloft. End of section 37 Recording by Shreya Sethi